We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. I'm James Seltzer, and I'm joined by Benny Ricciardi. As we break down Sunday's NFL slate, we're going to be talking quarterbacks, tight ends, and kickers today to help you get prepped for Sunday football action. I can't believe we're actually saying that. There's football tomorrow as well. We'll talk about that. Um, really excited. Uh, you can find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. That's BennyR11. Uh, and over at rotocurve.com, Rotowire, of course, uh, or as a featured writer in the DraftKings playbook. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at JamesSeltzer975. Uh, and of course, you can download this Rotowire DFS podcast, now available on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, you get a chance to rate or review us. We'd love to hear back from you, so please go ahead and do that. And uh, don't forget to share and subscribe. Uh, and that's enough of the clerical stuff. Let's jump right in. Uh, first and foremost, Benny, my man, how are you, man? We, we just met a few minutes ago, uh, right before we started recording. So, uh, Benny, how you doing today, brother? Pretty good. We became fast friends already, so it's not too bad. Yeah, I, I, it was like immediate for me. It was like a, <laughs> it just, it, the moment I, I heard the voice, I was like, we're going to be bodies. This is good. Yeah, not uh, not too bad. I mean, I've been looking a lot at this NFL stuff. I'm actually flying out to Vegas this weekend, oh, so I'll man. be there to place some bets on some of these games. So I am about as excited as I could be to kick off NFL. Look at that. Going to Vegas for you. You can't beat that. I'll have to remember to to give you a few plays to throw down for me at the end of the podcast as well. Uh, but let's jump in. Let's talk some real football action, Benny. I mean, we actually have a chance 
to talk about real meaningful football for the first time in nine months. I'm, I'm giddy, man. I feel like I'm, I'm like a, I don't even know. I don't even know. I can't even put into words how excited I am. So, so with that, let's jump in, Benny. We said we're going to talk quarterbacks, tight ends, kickers. Let's start it off with the most important position on the field. It's a position that can help you win FanDuel. Uh, Usually the guys are going to be scoring the highest points. Um, It's your quarterbacks. It's an important decision. Benny, let's start with the higher-end guys, kind of. Who are your top options this week if you're you're going to throw down some money at the quarterback spot? Well, I think the one guy who's standing out to everybody, and he's pretty obvious play, not going to go under the radar, and that's Sam Bradford at uh, 7,500 over on FanDuel. It's playing in the highest over-under game. Uh, we all know what that offense can do. You know, that system made 300-yard, two, three-touchdown-a-game passers out of Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez. Um, and as a Jet fan, I can tell you that's an accomplishment for Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they run a lot of plays over there, so they have a lot of chances to get fantasy points. Um, again, like we said, they're favored. It's a high over-under game. That offense looked great in the preseason. And I think Bradford is a better quarterback than Foles or Sanchez. So you put a guy back there that you know has even more talent, I think it's only going to make that offense look even better. So I definitely think Bradford is somebody who you have to consider, especially in your cash games. Um, for tournaments, he may be a little bit highly owned. You might want to try to go a different route. But you know you really can't argue with the uh, matchup that he has today. Yeah, Bradford's my favorite play on the board out of all the quarterbacks. I mean, 7500 for the guy is it's a bargain. I mean, we saw what he did in the preseason that the you know, the first thing you want to see in that Ravens game and full disclosure, I live in Philadelphia. I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm kind of locked in on this team and I know a lot about what's been going on and uh, first game against the second preseason game but the first game he played in in a year, two years really. Uh, you know, gets hit, takes the hit, gets back up, gets his knee hit by Terrell Suggs. You know, that was a big thing. Got back up. Then in that third preseason game, comes out in that first quarter versus the Packers, goes 10 for 10, three touchdowns, uh, 121 yards, just looked outstanding. And granted, it's the preseason, but it's what you wanted to see from this guy. With his accuracy, his arm talent in that offense, the way Chip Kelly gets guys open, I think the biggest thing you see with this Eagles offense is that they're just always guys open. Like every play, there are guys open. And like you said with Mark Sanchez and Nick Foles, too, the Eagles didn't have quarterbacks who could get those guys the ball. And Bradford, if healthy, can. So I'm with you. And then on top of that, Atlanta's defense is terrible. So, you know, not only is Bradford a good play on his own merits alone, but Atlanta allowed the most yards per play passing last year, the most yards per game total passing. Didn't do that much to upgrade the secondary outside of hoping that Trufant gets better, which he will, but that won't be enough. So uh, I think everything just, just is in play for Bradford to have an outstanding week. Uh, who else do you like, Ben? Well, I'm going to give you a, a hot take early on here to get this going. So, we love hot takes here. Yeah. I am a big fan of Peyton Manning this week, and I know oh. everyone thinks I'm crazy. But let me make the case for it before you do. Baltimore allowed the least amount of points last year to running backs. So the path of least resistance against them is going to be putting the ball in the air. They allowed the 10th most points to fantasy quarterbacks. They allowed the third most points to fantasy wide receivers. So if you're that Denver team and you're trying to move the ball, the way you want to try to do it is going to be going on along the outside. I know everybody expects C.J. Anderson to have a huge year, and in season long, I agree. I think he's going to be a a great guy this year if he can stay healthy. But for this game right here, I don't think it sets up all that great for him. I think the way Denver's going to have to move the ball is going to be through the air, 
And the thing that people don't realize, Peyton Manning had a really bad end to the season. You know, he got beat up a little bit. He wasn't throwing the ball the same. He was throwing, you know, ducks, basically. The arm strength isn't there. But he still ended up as the fourth highest scoring fantasy quarterback last year. And part of the reason for that was at the beginning of the season when he was healthy, he was putting up, you know, three touchdowns a game to Julius Thomas in the first week of the season. He was throwing to, you know, Demarius. He was throwing to Sanders. He was throwing the ball all over the place. And the thing that Peyton Manning does really well, you don't need him to throw 70-yard bomb passes down the field. What you need him to do is stand there behind center, see where the opening is, find a weakness in the defense, and exploit it. And he probably does that as well, if not better, than anybody else in the league. So up at his price, especially for a tournament, because everyone's going to gravitate towards the guys like Aaron Rodgers, who does have a great matchup too, but Peyton Manning is going to fly so far under the radar at 9,100 that if you're playing in a tournament and you're looking to do something that makes your roster different than everyone else's, you know, this is a great matchup here for him, and I don't hear anybody else talking about it. So Peyton Manning is my sneaky high-end option for a tournament play this week. That's a really interesting one. Like you said, you, you're hearing no one talk about it, especially after the way Manning ended last season. You hear the story about him not having any finger feeling in his fingers. Uh, there's a lot of you know worry out there of if this guy's ever going to get back to what he was. And you know, I think that's a it's a, the matchup plays. He's got talent around him. You know, wouldn't would it be the most shocking thing ever to see Manning come out and throw four touchdowns or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Baltimore secondary, like you said, that that is the weakness of their defense. So that's an interesting play. Um, I, I like uh, you know to kind of stick with the the old guard of of all time great quarterbacks who are playing right now. And it's it's the Thursday night game, so you might not see as many people play it. It's tough to do those Thursday into Sundays because you don't know who's going to be in the lineup and whatnot. But if you are playing in a Thursday uh, tournament or, or Thursday and Sunday, I love Tom Brady this week. I, I, I love him. I, I think he's 8,400. So first of all, he's outside that top group of, of pricing. And I mean, this Steelers defense is going to be really bad against the pass, like maybe one of the worst in the league against the pass. They were third worst against the pass last year in terms of yards per play. Uh, they allowed the six most points to opposing quarterbacks. They were already bad. They lost Ike Taylor, lost Palomalu, though both those guys kind of on the back end of the career, but still probably better than William Gay and Marco Thomas, the guys who are stepping in for them. A lot of issues there. And then, and then most of all, I just think Brady's going to be in total screw you mode. I, I think he's coming out after all that's happened after getting vindicated and then the day after, you know, this, you know, outside the line report, outside the lines report comes out. I wonder where that came from. I think Brady is coming out pissed off. I think he's going to go out and I think that Belichick is too. I think that whole team is going to play with a chip on their shoulder probably all season, but especially in that Thursday night opener celebrating the title uh, the day one. I think Brady comes out and just, throws it all over the field. I could see a, you know, 350, three touchdown type of night for Brady. Oh, yeah. Benny, any thought? Who else you like? We, we've kind of gone over some higher. Uh, we kind of have Bradford is in the middle, that that higher end. Uh, you got any other of the higher end options as well or in that, you know, eight to 9,000 range? Yeah, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of looking a lot at Eli Manning this week as well. Uh, Eli plays in a pretty high over-under game, that Dallas-New York Giant game. Um you know, he's the underdog there, so you figure if they're behind, he's going to be throwing late. They're on the road. 
And every time Dallas and the Giants play, it always seems to turn into a shootout. So you can expect a lot of points to be scored there. With uh, no Skandrick now for Dallas, I don't think Dallas has anybody in their secondary that's going to be able to you know, keep Odell Beckham from getting off the ball fast and making a lot of catches here. And something that I don't think people realize about the Giants, they ran the fourth most plays last year of any team in the uh, NFL. What they've been doing is kind of um, like Peyton Manning used to run when he was in Indianapolis. They run almost like a no huddle where Eli comes right up to the line, you know, stands back there in shotgun to start it off, looks around the field, figures out what the defense is doing, where the weakness is, and tries to put them in the best play. You know, yells out Omaha a couple times, makes a couple, uh, you know, a couple calls about who the mic is, and then basically has just been picking teams apart, especially late in the season. And I don't think people are giving Odell Beckham enough credit for how good he is. There is nobody on that Dallas secondary that's going to be able to stick with him. And even if they do decide to, you know, roll over some coverage help and put two guys on them and bracket them in over there, that's just going to open up the field for everybody else. And Eli's a smart quarterback. Um, you know, everybody hates his face sometimes when he makes those faces <laughs> after the interceptions. But he's a guy who understands what he's doing back there. And if he sees that they're rolling the coverage over to Beckham's side, you know, that's going to leave guys like Randall one-on-one, you know, even a guy like Larry Donnell. And Dallas was horrendous last year um, against tight ends. So they're going to leave that middle of the field open. You know, Eli's just going to take what they give him, move the Giants down the field. I expect this game to see an absolute ton of points. And I think Eli's going to be able to have a nice game and, uh, you know, put up a pretty big score for you. Yeah, Eli was on my list, too, just to add to what you said. Uh, in two games against Dallas last year, he was 50 for 73 for 586 yards, six touchdowns, only one pick. Uh, like you said, those Dallas Giants games seem to end up being a shootout most of the time. Uh, I think it happens again. And the Skandrick point is gigantic. He was by far their best defensive back done for the season. So uh, I'm with you on ELA. I'll throw throw one more in that general price range for you. Uh, I like Ryan Tannehill at Washington. Uh, mm-hmm. We've heard a lot about him as kind of a fantasy sleeper heading into the year for, for season-long leagues and whatnot. Um, but I like him this week especially. You know, at Washington, Washington's defense atrocious. Uh, allowed the most points per game to fantasy QBs last year. Second most yards per play passing. Uh, obviously, the team is a train wreck right now. They're reeling. You, you can't assume that they, they're in great shape heading into a season. Tannehill's second year in Bill Lazor's offense. Looks like he's starting to show some progression. Understand. Had a great preseason for whatever that's worth. 80% passing. 3-0 to interception. Touchdown interception ratio, and I like the weapons. Miller, you know, Landry, Stills, Cameron, uh, you know, Devontae Parker should be at least out for some plays. I just think that Tannehill's a nice price there at 8000 for a lot of upside, and then you factor in the fact that he runs a little bit, it kind of raises that floor a little bit. So I like Tannehill versus Washington. Uh, before we get to our kind of home run plays, is there anyone else in that general range for you? Um, the only other guy I'm looking at a little bit is Matt Ryan. Um, I'm not completely sold on him this week. I know it's a high over-under game. Uh, Philly gave up a lot of points to quarterbacks last year. With the system that they run, they get a lot of plays. The opposing team gets a lot of plays. But that Philly defense is a little bit better this year than they were last year. And what people don't realize is you know, they do give up a lot of points, but they were actually the highest-scoring fantasy defense last year. So, you know, it's not like they don't get the sacks and they don't get the interceptions and stuff like that. So you're going to get a couple negatives with Matt Ryan as well. But I do think because it is such a high-paced game and it's going to be a little bit of a shootout and back and forth and a lot of plays, 
you know, I think he can throw a couple touchdowns. I think he can get you a bunch of yards. You know, he was a home dog last year in the opener, just like he is uh, today. And they played New Orleans, and he led a, a late drive with a touchdown. I think he wound up with, like, three touchdowns on the day, had a pretty big day. Um, and from what I hear, Roddy White is back in. So he's going to have his two receivers. Julio Jones is healthy. He looked great in the preseason. And then he's going to have Roddy White on the other side. Even Leonard Hankerson as the third wide receiver is somebody who's a little interesting to me today. Um, so I think that Atlanta is going to be throwing the ball. I think they're going to be playing from behind. So even though I think there's going to be a couple negative events that happen with Matt Ryan as well, I think he could also get you enough positives to, uh, you know, pay off that salary. So he's somebody that's below all the other guys that we mentioned, but somebody else that I think is interesting. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, Eagles, D, like you said, they will. They, second in the league in sacks last year. Obviously a lot of turnovers as well, but you can throw on them. The secondary should be improved, but uh, like you said, I think the Eagles lead that game. I think Ryan has to throw to keep up, and if nothing else, you get some, some garbage time points there. Ben, who is your home run play at quarterback this week? Well, I know he's a guy that a lot of people are talking about, so I'm going to make the case for Tyrod Taylor. Now, I don't think he's a guy that I would use in a, in a tournament, to be honest. And I know you'll hear people say that, but for me, he's more of a guy that I wouldn't mind using in a cash game. And here's basically the way I think about it. At $5,000, he's incredibly cheap. Now, if you look at other guys that are at running back and wide receiver that are that cost, you're probably not going to get the safety or the upside out of them that you can get out of Taylor out of this position. So, I mean, what do you really need for him to get here for you to pay off? If you're looking in a cash game, I usually try to get about two and a half times salary over on FanDuel. So if he runs for maybe 40 yards, which I don't think is asking too much out of a guy like him, and he has maybe like 175 yards passing and a touchdown, which again, I don't think is asking an absolute ton out of him. You know, he's going to get you somewhere between 12 and 15 points. You know, you take away maybe a fumble or a turnover from an interception that he has, and he gets you 12 or 13 points, which is that two and a half times salary that you need. And the reason why I like him in cash games is you really need to pay up at the other positions to get guys that have, you know, more safety and more upside. You know, if you want to get the, you know, the best wide receivers that you can have the most faith in, you're going to want the guys like an old Al Beckham or a Julio Jones or a Des Bryant. And those guys are expensive. If you're paying up 9000 for a quarterback, you really can't afford to put maybe more than one of those guys in your roster. If you put a Tyrod Taylor in there and you get 12 to 15 points out of him, and then you pick on those right wide receivers or running backs that you want that are going to get you that, you know, 15 to 25 point upside, you know, you're still going to wind up exactly where you need to be to double up in your double ups and to win all those 50-50s for you. So I think that he is a guy I've heard a lot of people talk about, and I think there is some value in using Tyrod Taylor today. Yeah, I love that call. I think he is the best home run play on the board. 5000 literally the cheapest price you can get a quarterback for. Uh, and a great matchup with Indianapolis on top of all that. Um, so I'm with you. Maybe Shady's out. They need Taylor to run a little more. There, There's a lot of potential there for, for a nice day for an incredibly low cost. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to tight ends real quick. I'll throw one more QB out there. Not quite as cheap, but I do like Teddy Bridgewater at 7200 against the Niners. Uh, obviously, that defense won't be as good as last year. They lost a lot. Uh, Bridgewater, highest completion percentage in the preseason of any quarterback with 15 or more attempts. Uh, looks like he's growing in that North Turner system, year two in the league and all that. And uh, I like the weapons. I like Charles Johnson, Mike Wallace, healthy Kyle Rudolph, and obviously Adrian Peterson. All right, uh, let's move on to tight ends. Benny, 
where's your head at with tight ends? A lot of people usually go cheap. Do you do you want to spend? Do you want to kind of fit someone in there? Who are some of the guys you like? Well, the thing about tight ends on Fandle, if you look from the cheap guys to the top guys, you know, the guys who have a lot more safety, the, the difference in price isn't all that big. So, you know, if you're looking at the top end, the guy who I like the most is Martellus Bennett. And he's only 6,200 with a lot of the other tight ends sitting in that 5K to 5,500 range. I mean, you're really only being asked to spend up a couple hundred bucks to get a guy like him. Now, you got Alshon Jeffries banged up. Uh, Kevin White is definitely out already for them. So that basically leaves them. I think Alshon will play, but I don't know if he's going to be 100%. I mean, he hasn't practiced in about a month. So that kind of only leaves them guys like, uh, you know, Eddie Royal and Marquise Wilson on the outside. So you got to think that Bennett's going to see a lot of targets. He saw a lot of targets last year, and he actually had a big game against Green Bay early in the season. In week four, he had nine catches for about 135 yards against them. My thing with tight end is if you're taking a cheap tight end, a lot of times you're hoping for just a touchdown in order for that guy to pay off. So if you can spend up a couple hundred bucks like you can in this case for a Bennett and get a guy who not only has the chance for a touchdown, but is also going to see probably 10 to 12 targets outside of that in the you know regular game flow between the 20s, you're getting the best of both, both worlds, especially for a, a cash game. You know, a lot of these people that want to spend and go get a cheap tight end in the cash game, you know, if you get some of these guys that are cheap and don't get a touchdown, they wind up with two catches for 27 yards and you get three points out of the tight end position. With a guy like Bennett, you're figuring he's going to catch at least five balls in this game, get you 40 or 50 yards, and he still has that touchdown upside. So if he gets the touchdown and has those catches, he's going to wind up with 18, 20 points. If he doesn't get the touchdown, he's still going to give you 10 to 12 points and not really hurt your roster. So for an extra 700 bucks, I definitely think I'm going to be spending up a lot on him today. Yeah, I like that philosophy. If I were going to go for one of the higher-ended guys, I usually spend less on tight end. But if I do, I like Greg Olson a lot at 5,900 this week. Mm -hmm. Similar reason for why you like Bennett. I just think that he's going to be the biggest part of that offense. Obviously, you know, their starting receivers right now are Ted Ginn and Philly Brown. Um, Obviously, you expect Devin Funches to be more involved as the season goes along, but injuries whatnot doesn't seem to be up to speed I think Olsen is going to be the focal point of that offense against a bad Jaguars defense so uh, for 5900 I think Olsen's kind of a nice buy there uh, what about going that next range down if, if you don't want to spend a lot on a tight end but you're not going to get the cheapest guys who, who are some guys you like in that range Benny well I'm a big fan of Jordan Cameron now down in Miami um, I think that Miami team is going to be throwing the ball all over Washington. I know you brought it up with Tannehill before. Washington it was horrible against quarterbacks last year. They were horrible in the secondary. So Jordan Cameron is another one of those guys. You, you know, is a little more uncertainty with him because you haven't seen him in Miami yet. But he's a guy that, you know, from all accounts has been getting targeted a lot in the red zone. And if you look at Miami, they don't really have a lot of red zone threats. You know, Jarvis Landry is... A very good, you know, shifty slot receiver kind of guy, but he's small, so you're not throwing the ball to him in the end zone. When they get down there close, I think uh, Cameron's going to be one of the options that they look for. And again, he's another one of those guys where I expect him one way or another to catch, you know, four or five balls today, you know, 35, 40 yards, and have a chance for a touchdown. So you know that even if he doesn't get himself into the end zone, which is, you know, really important for tight ends. He's still going to get you somewhere between 8 and 12 points and not completely kill your roster. So 
if I was going to, you know, if I didn't have enough money to go up and get a get a guy like an Olsen or, or a Bennett who are probably going to be targeted a little more still, um, I think I'd be okay with going with a guy like Cameron today. Yeah, I like the Cameron call. I like him if he's healthy. He's one of those guys who if he can stay on the field, he's talented and he produces. Yes. He just, you know, the concussions, the injuries, he just can't seem to stay out there. But look, like you said, for right now, he's out there. He's probably their best red zone target. And we like the offense, so I, I like that play a lot. I'll, I'll give you one a little bit cheaper who I like a lot. Um, he's only at 5,000. Uh, Tyler Eifert against the Raiders in Oakland. I like Eifert this season in general. I like him in season-long leagues. I just like the upside play there. I mean, this kid was a first-round pick two years ago in 2013, went 21st overall to the Bengals, uh, had a, a solid rookie season, nothing special, but... You know, we don't usually see rookie tight ends blow up. It usually takes a, takes them some time to develop, whether that's because they have more blocking responsibilities or whatever it is. Um, but last year, you expect to see Eifert kind of take a step forward, ended up missing the entire season with, with multiple injuries. Um, but he's back. He's healthy, super talented. The Raiders allowed 10 touchdowns to tight ends last year. Not the best defense. They moved Khalil Mack to the D-line in a 3-4. That should help Eifert. He shouldn't have to deal with Mack at any point. Um, and then again, you know, Andy Dalton has, has said throughout preseason how big it has been to have Eifert. He's called him, quote-unquote, a difference maker. And Cincinnati needs that weapon. I mean, this is a team that has Jeremy Hill, A.J. Green, kind of Gio Bernard, and a whole lot of nothing. You know, I know some people like Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu and, and all those guys, but... Eifert's the guy. If if he can be healthy, if he can be a part of that offense, he's the guy who can help kind of take that offense to the next level. I think they know that, and I think that this is his first chance to show it, and I feel pretty good about it against a bad Oakland team. Uh, Benny, who do you kind of like in that little bit dropping down from the you know 5,500 to the, to the top guys kind of tier in the more 5,000 range? Well, I think the guy who stands out the most and will probably be the most popular is going to be Richard Rodgers. Um, he's the new tight end in Green Bay, for people who don't know. He's actually below 5000 He's 4900 which is a you know really friendly price to fit in your roster to be able to save some money to get that second stud or that third stud you want to fit in there. Um, basically, his quarterback's Aaron Rodgers. So you got to like that fact. Rodgers spreads the ball around. You know, he uses all his uh, all his weapons, and he's actually missing a couple weapons now. You know, with uh, the injury to Jordy Nelson, you basically have 30% of the market share last year that's now up for grabs. So I think that Cobb's going to get some. I think Devontae's going to get a lot of it. But I think that that's going to get spread around. I don't think they're going to use, you know, Devontae Adams like they use Jordy Nelson. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near, you know, all the targets that are that are now left over and up for grabs. My only problem with Rodgers is I feel like he's going to be touchdown dependent, and I don't know how much Green Bay is going to be throwing in the second half of that game. I kind of have a feeling they're going to, uh, you know, put a whipping on uh, Chicago here. So if they put a whipping on Chicago, it might just be a, a heavy dose of guys like Lacey and Stark and in in, uh, in Starks in the second half, and that's kind of the way I feel this game will go. But I would have no problem going down there, and I know he's a guy a lot of people are talking about this week. Um, for a cash game, I don't think he's that safe because I don't think he's going to see a ton of targets. But I do think he's somebody that makes sense to use in the tournament because I think he'll have some upside and a very good chance to get that touchdown. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And, and again, Chicago allowed 13 tight ends to touchdowns last year, 905 yards receiving, one of the worst teams in the league against tight ends defensively. So it just kind of adds to how good that play is. Um, I'll give you another lower price guy who I like a lot, 4600 just about as cheap as you can get. For those people who want to fill in the rest of their lineup and kind of insert a tight end in there. Uh, and that's Ben Watson against the Cardinals. We've been hearing everybody talking about Josh Hill as a sleeper, Josh Hill this, Josh Hill that. Josh Hill's not the starting tight end in New Orleans. It's Ben Watson. Uh, you know, Watson played 81% of the snaps that Drew Brees played in the preseason. Uh, I think he's just going to be on the field more than Hill. He's a better blocker. They're going to run the ball a lot. And I think he's going to be big in the red zone. Graham's gone. Uh, he's going to be on the field and running plays. Thus, he's going to be involved in that red zone offense. Um, Arizona allowed the most receiving yards to tight ends of any team in football last season. So Ben Watson, again, uh, I think it's a tournament play. I think in cash games it's way too risky. Uh, but for a tournament, I think there's a good chance he finds the end zone. Uh, Benny, any other tight end plays before we move on to everyone's favorite position kicker? Yeah, I'm going to throw two more guys in here just because I'm trying to hold off talking about kickers as long as possible. <laughs> uh, one of them is Delaney Walker at 5400 So he's a little bit more expensive than the real cheap guys. But uh, he's somebody who had a lot of targets last year. I think that Tennessee is going to be down in that game to Tampa Bay, so they're going to be throwing. And there's not a lot of guys for Mariota to throw to. And also, you, li- you like the tight end with the young quarterback because – you know, when he does get some pressure, he's looking to get rid of the ball as fast as possible. And uh, Walker's one of those guys who can be that quick outlet for him. The other guy that I'm kind of looking at a little bit is um, Mikael Rivera from Oakland. And I was basically shocked when I was looking back last year at the target numbers that this guy had. He was like sixth or seventh for tight ends and targets overall. And his price is really friendly here at only 5100 um, I don't think he's a very good cash game play. I don't feel very safe using him. But for a tournament, if you need a cheap guy, like I said, everybody's pretty much talking about Richard Rodgers. So for $200 more, you can get somebody that you know differentiates your roster. And if Rodgers doesn't get that touchdown and ends up with three catches for 20 yards or something like that, and you do get a touchdown or four or five or six catches out of a, a guy like Rivera, going to give you a big leg up on everybody else you know who basically had the same amount of money to spend at other positions as you yeah i love that call one more guy who probably won't be a factor because it does look like zach Ertz will be back by monday he started practicing today but if Ertz is not ready to go and it is dangerous because you'd need to know by sunday but pay attention to the practice reports if, if Ertz can't go trey burton against atlanta's 4500 cheapest you could be and and he will be the receiving tight end in that potent Eagles offense so keep an eye on that but um, let's move on uh, to everyone's favorite position but before we get there uh, it's finally here the opening week of the NFL regular season so it's your last chance to join FanDuel before opening weekend talk about week one football games players you like how excited you are for fantasy football to be back and whatnot. Uh, Go to FanDuel. FanDuel's the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. They're paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Get some of it. That's a lot of money. Uh, Building a team's easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Uh, Entry fees start at just a dollar, and anyone can play i know i've had a a ton of fun and exciting experiences 
on FanDuel. So uh, if you haven't built your team for week one yet, uh, you know, get in there. Let us know who's on your squad. Again, you can hit us up on Twitter at BennyR11 or me at JamesSelter975. We'd love to hear about your FanDuel squad, give any advice and any help we can. So go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code RWP. That's RWP. Sign up now. Special offer for new users. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $100. It gets earned as you play. It's a bonus of up to $200. Offers only good for the first people that first 50 people that use my code again that's rwp so don't forget to use it rwpfanduel.com where every day is a new season that's fanduel.com fanduel.com sign up today all right real quick we're running out of time here benny so let's just rattle through it i I know everyone's basically been waiting the whole podcast to get to this point so (laughs) throw some kickers at me just give me a Give me your, your top four kickers on the board and why. All right. Well, basically, here's the way I go about kickers. I don't try to think too much into it. You look for the teams that are likely to score the most points, and those teams are the ones that are probably going to have the most extra points. They're going to have some field goals. They basically have quarterbacks that can move the ball up and down the field. So just look at the kickers on the teams that are going to score the most points. So for me, I think um, you know a guy like Mason Crosby at 5,100 is somebody that's in there. If I wanted to go a little cheaper, um, the cheap guys that I like, Brandon McManus from Denver. I think Denver's going to have a chance to put some points up. Uh, Baltimore's not, you know, they're very good at stopping the run. So if you get in the red zone, you try to run it in, I could see them stopping you and making you kick some field goals. So McManus at min price I think is a great play. Um, Chandler Catanzaro from Arizona. Arizona's expected to put up a decent amount of points here. So you can get him at 4,700. I don't hate that. And Cody Parkey from the Eagles. The Eagles are supposed to be the highest scoring team this weekend. So why not take their kicker and get as many points as you can? Yeah, I agree with you on Parkey. Indoors in Atlanta, that should up to 5000 a nice price for him. Uh, McManus is my best play on the board. I love that, 4500 You can pretty much guarantee that he will not be 4500 again mm-hmm. if he's the kicker of the Broncos, especially with that game in Denver, no less. Um, so you got to love that. Uh, one other starting kicker down available at 4,500, that's Josh Lambeau. Uh, I don't think a lot of people even know who he is, but um, he did beat out Nick Novak for the uh, San Diego kicker job. So um, you can get him for 4,500. That San Diego offense, a solid offense. Detroit, a good defense, but you know you could see a lot of red zone stops because of that. And obviously, just such a cheap, cheap price. Um, yeah. I also like Josh Scobie at 46. Were you going to jump in there? Yeah, I was going to say, I think, and I got to double check on this, but I think Miami's kicker is 4,500 too. Oh, there Andrew you go. Franks. Um, I think he beat out. Sturgis? Out there. Yeah, Sturgis. I think Franks is going to be their kicker. Double okay, check good. on that before you play him, but yeah, Miami's expected to score some points too. So That's a great one. Yeah, and like I said, anytime, and generally when I pick a kicker, I'm filling out the rest of my lineup, and whoever fits, fits, and I'll take the best one at that price. Um, but I mean, if you can put a kicker in at forty five hundred, those extra two, three, four, five hundred dollars really can go to help bolster the rest of your roster. So um, I also like Josh Scobie at forty six hundred. I think he's a little underpriced for his new team. And Matt Prater at forty seven hundred uh, in San Diego. Nice kicking weather, huge leg. Uh, so that's gonna do it. Uh, that was fun, Benny. I had a good time, man. Thank you very much for. Uh, for letting me talk here and uh, and responding. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs>
So, and uh, that's going to do it for the uh, Rotowire DFS podcast for uh, Thursday. Again, we recorded on Wednesday, so if anything crazy happens overnight, we apologize. But uh, record this on Thursday. Looking forward to Thursday night football, Sunday action. I hope everyone does wonderful. Good luck. We will be back uh, with more DFS action for you talking the other positions as well. So, again, thanks for listening to the Rotowire DFS po- podcast. Brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. And again, we're now available on iTunes, Stitcher for your downloading convenience. So be sure to give us a rating, a review, and don't forget to subscribe. Best of luck in your daily contests. They're going to kill the love of my life. If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.